0: Mary Jones and her Bible. Chapter 6 On the Way Oh, Mother, Oh, Father, only think, Mrs. Evans has just paid me for that work I did for her, and it is more than I expected, and now I find I have enough to buy a Bible. I'm so happy I don't know what to do. Mary had just come from the farmhouse, and now as she bounded in with the joyful news, Jacob stopped his loom and held out both hands. Is it really so, Mary, after six years' saving? Nay then, God be thanked, child, who first put the wish into your heart, and then gave you patience to wait and work to get the thing you wanted. Bless you, my little maid. And Jacob laid a hand solemnly upon his daughter's head, adding in a lower tone, "And she shall be blessed. "'But tell me, Father dear,' said Mary after a little pause, "'where am I to buy the Bible? "'There are no Bibles to be had here or at Abergonolwyn.' "'I cannot tell you, Mary, but our preacher William Hugh will know,' replied Jacob. "'You will do well to go to him tomorrow and ask how you are to get the book.' Acting upon her father's suggestion, Mary accordingly went the next day to Lechwed, to William Hu, and to him she put the question so all-important to her. But he replied that not a copy could be obtained, even of the Welsh version published the year before, nearer than of Mr. Charles of Bela. And he added that he feared lest all the Bibles received by Mr. Charles from London had been sold or promised months ago. This was discouraging news, and Mary went home, cast down indeed, but not in despair. There were still, she reflected, a chance that one copy of the scriptures yet remained in Mr. Charles' possession, and if so, that Bible should be hers. The long distance, over twenty-five miles, the unknown road, the far-famed but to her strange minister, who was to grant her the boon she craved, all this, if it a little frightened her, did not for one moment threaten to change her purpose. Even Jacob and Molly, who at first, on account of the distance, objected to her walking to Bela for the purchase of her Bible, ceased to oppose their will to hers. For said good Jacob to his wife, If it is the Lord answering our prayers and leading the child, as we prayed he might, it would ill become of us to go against his wisdom. And so our little Mary had her way, and having received permission for her journey, she went to a neighbor living near, and telling her of her purposed expedition, asked if she would lend her a wallet to carry home the treasure should she obtain it. The neighbor, mindful of Mary's many little acts of thoughtful kindness towards herself and her children, and glad of any way in which she could show her grateful feeling and sympathy, put the wallet into the girl's hand and bade her goodbye with a hearty, God speed you. The next morning, a fresh, breezy day in spring, in the year 1800, Mary rose almost as soon as it was light, and washed and dressed with unusual care, for was not this to be a day of days, the day for which she had waited for years, and which must, she thought, make her the happiest of girls, or bring to her such grief and disappointment as she had never yet known? Her one pair of shoes, far too precious a possession to be worn on a 25-mile walk, Mary placed in her wallet, intending to put them on as soon as she reached the town. Early as was the air, Molly and Jacob were both up to give Mary her breakfast of hot milk and bread, and her family prayed, offering a special petition for God's blessing on their child's undertaking and for his protection and care during her journey this fortified and comforted Mary, and kissing her parents she went out into the dawn of that lovely day, a day which lived in her remembrance till the last hour of her long and useful life. She set out at a good pace, not too quick, for that would have worried her ere a quarter of her journey could be accomplished, but at even steady walk, her bare brown feet treading lightly but firmly along the road, her head erect, her clear eyes glistening, her cheek with a healthy flush under the brown skin. So she went, the boniest, blithest maiden on that sweet spring morning and all the country round. Never before had everything about her looked to mary as it looked on that memorable morning the dear old mountain seemed to gaze down protectingly upon her the very sun as it came up on the eastern horizon appeared to have a smile specially for her The larks soared from the meadow till their trilling died away in the sky, like a tuneful prayer sent up to God. The rabbits peeped out at her from leafy nooks and holes, and even a squirrel, as it ran up a tree, stopped to glance familiarly at our little maiden, as much as to say, Good morning, Mary. Good luck to you. And the girl's heart was attuned to the blithe loveliness of nature, full of thankfulness for the past and of hope for the future. About the middle of the day, Mary stopped to rest and to eat some food which her mother had provided for her. Under a tree, in a grassy hollow, not far from the road, she reclined, protected from the sun by the tender green of the spring foliage, and cooling her hot, dusty feet in the soft, damp grass that spread like a velvet carpet all over the hollow. Ere long, too, she spied a little stream trickling down a hill on its way to the sea, and here she drank and washed her face and hands and feet and was refreshed— Half an hour's quiet rested her thoroughly, then she jumped up, slung her wallet over her shoulder, and commenced her journey. The rest of the way along a dusty road, for the most part, and under a warm sun, was fatiguing enough. But the little maiden plodded patiently on, though her feet were blistered and cut with the stones, and her head ached with her limbs, were very weary. Once a kind cottager, as she passed, gave her a drink of buttermilk, and a farmer's little daughter, as Mary neared her destination, offered her a share of the supper she was eating, and she sat in the porch in the cool of the evening. But there were all the ventures or incidents in Mary's journey till she got to Bela. On arriving there, she followed out the instructions that had been given her by William Hugh, and went to the house of David Edwards, a much respected Methodist preacher at Bala. This good man received her most kindly, questioned her as to her motive in coming so far, but ended by telling her that, owing to Mr. Charles' early and regular habits, one secret of the large amount of work which he accomplished, it was now too late in the day to see him. "'But,' added the kind old man, seeing his young visitor's disappointment, "'you shall sleep here tonight, and we will go to Mr. Charles as soon as I see light in his study window tomorrow morning, "'so that you may accomplish your errand in good time, and be able to reach home before night.' "'With grateful thanks, Mary accepted the hospitality offered her, "'and after a simple supper she was shown into the little prophet's chamber where she was to sleep.' There she after repeating a chapter of the bible and offering an earnest prayer she lay down her mind and body alike resting her face sure that her journey would not be in vain but that he who had led her safely thus far would give her her heart's desire and the curtains of night fell softly about the good preacher's humble dwelling shadowing the sleepers there and the rest of those sleepers was sweet and their safety assured For watching over them was the God of the night and the day, the God whom they loved and trusted, and underneath them were the everlasting arms.